Shall we begin? Let's begin now. All right, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Frankly Francisco podcast. Today, I have a special guest. She goes by the name of Autumn Reed. How are we doing today, Autumn? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself, Francisco? Good. So for my guests who don't know you, please give us a little bit of background about who you are and what you do. Well, I am a a Wisconsin-based composer, orchestrator, producer of music, all things music. Uh, Currently, I am one of my biggest music projects at this point is that I'm a string bass player for the Black String Triage Ensemble based in Milwaukee. Um, that ensemble is directed by David Hallman, where we, um, the members of the ensemble, it's a string ensemble, play after um, tragic events like shootings, drug overdoses around Milwaukee as, as, a, as a peacekeeping mission. Excuse me, as a peacekeeping mission. Nice. So I've never had a composer uh, on the show. So Typically, how long does it take you to write your own music? Um, it, honestly, it can take a while because uh, um, I'm a very persnickety person. Um, I'm very critical, but I know that I don't have to be that way because a lot of people like what I, I've written so far. and a lot of them. Many people have commissioned me to write works for them, um, especially the the Madison, I'm sorry, the Music Theater of Madison, where mm-hmm. I have written a couple of songs for some productions. And I've also have done some orchestrations for um, an up and coming um, playwright named Ralph Oscar Selby. Um, so I just try to pace myself, you know, listen to feedback when I write for other people and just trust that what I'm writing is good enough and if it's not, they will tell me, and you know, I don't have, I don't have a problem making changes. I'm, I'm not egotistical. I just want to make sure that I can help their vision flourish. So, when did you realize you had a passion for music and composing music? Because that's that's something tough. A lot of people don't know how to read music. A lot of people don't know how to write music. So, at what point in your life did you light switch go on and say, "Hey, this is this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do." Well, when I was in um, fourth grade, we had the the strings program. That's when we were eligible to start, you know, taking lessons on violin, viola, and cello. And one of our first assignments was, you know, learning the open strings like D and A, and then how to put your fingers down in the notes. Um, and my my teacher, her, I remember her name is uh, Miss McCarty. That's right. And the assignment was to try to write your own song. Um, using like the notes that we learned so um, I I enjoyed it even though it was just a song just on one string pretty much I was like oh wow this is fascinating and and I just try to like write my own melodies um, ever since Um, I was also really inspired a lot by the the Disney and, and you know like maybe Nickelodeon like shows like movies like like Aladdin or in Pocahontas um, in Mulan where um, like was it like one of my favorite composers 
from Disney is like Alan Menken, and then there's like Stephen Schwartz and um, uh, Howard Ashman, where I learned like, oh wow, and like watching the credits and realized that all the like these same names are like are the same people that are writing all my favorite songs. So it's like, wow, that's really fascinating, you know, and like some movies are like very different from each other. And I just found that interesting that like one person can be responsible or just a handful of people can be responsible and breathing life and character into the songs that a character sings and feels about, you know, um, like what was like, it's like an example, like, um, like uh, Gaston from Beauty and the Beast is very, very different than from um, the genie from Aladdin. Like, they're two very different people. But it's like, wow, it's like similar people are writing their voice. It's like the words that they sing. So so did you shape a lot of your music that you compose now? Have you taken bits and pieces from other composers and made it into something yourself? Um, like, what is the style? Like, do you do you compare yourself to a, a, another composer or have you created something of your own that's distinguishable? Well, you know, that's a journey that I wish. Uh, sorry, let me let me back and rephrase this. That's an answer that I wish that I would would know more. It's like a journey that I've been trying to find and develop my own sound after many years. So, I mean, at first, I would, I didn't want to like sound like other people, but it's inevitable, you know. It's just, it's just how it is. But um, it, it, that's an, it's an answer that I'm still trying to figure out. But the best answer that I can give to you is more the what my inspiration is. A lot of the like the, the movie musicals, just musicals in general. I do like a lot of jazz, um, uh, classical music and like pop and R and B. Cause you know, that's most of the music that I was exposed to as a child. You know, mm -hmm. my, my mother really liked R and R and B disco funk, uh, the new wave. My father liked jazz as well. Um, he liked to listen to some classical music just because it kind of calms his mind down because he had a lot going on. He was a businessman, he was, you know, <laughs> the realtor and thinking about a lot of things. So he said that was just calming. And it does have a calming effect. Um, my, my mom's dad, he was uh, a blues guitarist. Nice. Yeah, his name is TJ Charles. And this year, he, this past February, he would have turned 100. Wow. Yeah, so he played blues guitar. Um, so I, I really he was a another influence with uh, on me, like indirectly. He, he lived in Arkansas for most of my life until he became, you know, older and unfortunately passed away in Wisconsin. But um, you know, every time I would ever see him, he was always pleasant and always, you know, talking about music and playing and like i need to play practice my scales and he's right you know <laughs> like yeah, yeah practice all the scales and you know know all the try to know as many chords as you want and that you know that I, I really miss that about him so did you did you have any mentors besides him was there anybody that you turned to to help you with learning the music did you go to school for this did you go to what were your what was the educational process for you learning this stuff well 
Um, well, even though I grew up in a suburban home um, in, in the Madison area of Wisconsin, I, I didn't have like too many musical opportunities that I could really pursue. Um, it just, you know, family had other obligations, um, a lot of obligations in the, the, the congregation. And unfortunately, our congregation didn't really offer, you know, like worship band or worship choir or, or it, there just wasn't an option. So uh, most of my musical outlet was just me alone in my room, watching movies, looking at, you know, those music books about how to play, you know, like sheet music for, um, you know, like my favorite musicals, like Grease and like the sound of music. But, um, but, you know, I, I just, it never went away, even when a lot of people um, thought that I should have did other things in my life. Like, I don't know, become a nurse or uh, what was the other thing? Um, I don't know, just, you know, stuff that wasn't music related that what it is, what is I wanted to do, but I still just kept at it. Um, I, 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 I did do orchestra and jazz band when I was in high school. I played upright bass and electric bass mm-hmm. and I switched from violin to string bass when I was in like fifth grade. I did have um, piano lessons growing up. Um, <laughs> kind of funny how I got the lessons was my parents bought a an upright piano and my dad wanted lessons but he was busy so he got my got myself and my younger sister piano lessons um but prior actually no prior to that i was about seven he he had these adult beginner books and i was seven i was still fairly literate very literate lit liter sorry literate sorry i'm a little tongue-tied should probably grab a sip of tea because my voice, I'm still kind of getting over a voice loss that happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's just Wisconsin weather. It's just too cold. But anyways, <laughs> um, I tried reading his books because I was, I was like, okay, if dad can try to learn to play the piano reading these books, maybe I can. So <laughs> I did, but I, I wasn't able to really try to get to the two hands together. But um, so, eventually. Uh, oh, so- Essentially, you're self-taught, basically. You just essentially just did all this stuff yourself. I wouldn't say that. I, I did have guidance. I did have a couple of piano teacher, um, p- teachers. I, my first teacher, his name was Mr. Rip. And I was in elementary school, and then he moved away. And then there's a young lady. Um, her name is Miss Johnson. Well, at the time, I know she got married. And she was a member of our congregation and she gave piano lessons and then she moved. <laughs> um, um, and then I was just kind of, you know, just doing the music stuff at school, still looking at books on, you know, how to play songs from movies or even TV shows. And then I, when I was, I want to say maybe a junior in high school, I got piano lessons again with, um, his name is Mr. Erickson. And he did more with jazz and starting to learn more about music theory, a little bit more in, intense. Like, um, like there are some, I want to say tropes that I did pick up and like, tr- you know, just from like reading music, like, oh, okay. Like these chords tend to go to the, this other chord. And, and we started looking at um, 
was it the Mark Levine, the jazz piano book? I think that's the name. I have it lying around here somewhere. But so, what has been the biggest challenges for you when when it comes to the music, uh, being in the music industry, you know, uh, composing music? What have the challenges that you run into so far? <laughs> well, one of the challenges staying in the music industry. Mm. <laughs> it's um, it's just kind of tough, especially with like the the pandemic. Um, I've had a, a lot of different struggles over the years um, with my mental health. Um, I want to say, you know, trigger warning before um, you, you know, your, to your audience that I, I, I have attempted to take my own life or unalive myself. I don't know how you want to edit that wording so it's not like offensive or triggering to anybody who's going through mental health struggles. But, you know, there's some things going on in my life that just weren't super great. Uh, just around people who really weren't supportive of, you know, my goals or, you know, who I am. But it's, and it just, it made it hard just trying to make community. And, and now I'm to a point where I can I am making community, especially with the the triage ensemble. Um, I, I mean, I, I tried doing that with like the colleges as well. I mean, I, I went to Madison area technical college. Well, I'm sorry, Madison college. The full name is Madison area technical college, but they went through rebranding overhaul when I was there. And they're just like, well, we're Madison college. Cause the, the abbreviations MATC and it, and it was confusing people with Madison, I'm sorry, Milwaukee area technical college. And so it was just like a branding thing. So it's Madison college. <laughs> I went there, graduated, got an associate's degree. I participated in the, the, um, the Madison community orchestra. So, so we played, you know, classical symphonic works, like the whole, like Beethoven's fifth century uh, symphony. And I totally faked the second movement, but anyways, we'll, we'll go on. Um, I did go to UW Madison. Um, didn't have the greatest experience. I um for a variety of reasons, and that's like when I had like my first hospitalization for mental health issues. Um, and eventually, I ended up dropping out. I actually, had a retroactive drop, but. Um, um, but, um, long story short, I, I took some couple of courses online from Berkeley College of Music. It just took like two of them. And then I officially enrolled in 2018 and, or 2017, like that December. And like, that's when I got that acceptance letter. Um, and then I did, I started the, the January semester and I graduated, uh, summa cum laude, um, and I went out there on site a couple of times and I just like, yeah, this is where, where I belong. Yeah. <laughs> even though, it, even though I lived in Wisconsin the whole time um, I went to Berkeley, I still felt community virtually. And one gentleman that I I'd like to mention because today, fortunately is the second year anniversary of his passing. His name was, um, Gordon Francis Blaney Jr. He tragically passed away in a, a car accident two years ago, just before um, 
a lot of the massive lockdowns due to COVID-19. He was a man who was also um, a Berkeley alum. He lived in um, Massachusetts, like kind of like the Boston area. I kind of get that it, those areas kind of mixed up because I'm not from the East Coast. But um, um, he was very knowledgeable about music, especially orchestration and um, co composition. And like me, he also had struggles with mental health. Um, he was on the autistic spectrum, had some like depression and um, he also had epilepsy as well. So, um, so someone that's like, why did he kept, kept doing, wanted to keep going with music, but despite having, you know, health issues. And so that was a, he was a big inspiration to me and I'm really sad that he's, he's gone. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, uh, you know, when you are close to somebody that, you know, is part of your life that's helped you with something you love to do and they, you know, they try to pass, it makes things tougher for you. Like, so I, I can relate to you when it comes to mental health. Um, I've been there. Um, I've tried when I was younger um, to unalive myself uh, mm -hmm. at one point as well. So I get it. I get how the pressures can be. And, you know, you have to find people that can help that you can talk to. And a lot of people don't realize you know, certain things help you get past that. Like for me, when I was young, it was my art. I used to draw when I, you know, my dad died when I was 11 years old. I went deep depression for two years. And, and what kept me going was my art is drawing, you know. Now, as I'm older, the only time I can draw is when I'm depressed. When I'm not depressed, I can't put anything to paper. Um, mm. I, it's it's a mental thing. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I understand. I'm there with you. I've been there. I, I, I can relate to that. And I understand how hard it can be to overcome those things. So is the music for you therapy? It, does it help you uh, in a lot of ways? Yes. Yes, it does. Especially when I think about the technical stuff, excuse me, the technical aspects that go into making music. It's just, you know, amazing and fascinating. And it's like, wow, like this track, you know, has this sort of chord progression and this sort of key and, and it's using this kind of rhythm that I've heard in another song. And it's like, we're all like connected. And you think about all these universality, universal, um, I'm sorry, I kind of blanked. <laughs> and sometimes I, I, I do that. I'm just like, oh, I get super excited. I don't remember what I was talking about. <laughs> but just everything that yeah, like I noticed, like, wow, this is so like, we all are doing like the same thing pretty much. And it's like, wow. It's amazing, you know? Yeah, everything connects. Everything connects in yes. one way or another. We're all connected in one way or another. And sometimes we just have to keep digging to find find that connection. But once we do, it's amazing. Amazing things can happen when it comes to that. So you do uh, you do a lot of social uh, work with, with the orchestras after things happen. You, you go out with the group and like anytime there's a tragedy, you guys go out and you perform. Yes, well, n not necessarily like every every single time we just have set days during the summer um that's just fridays and saturdays around milwaukee um david will uh, log on to like the police dispatch that's you know open to the public um like uh, the dispatched website page um and we'll just you know load up our instruments and go and play um and we play music that's only by um black and brown composers because unfortunately um, our community is, is 
you know, people of color disproportionately affected by these um, shootings and overdoses in Milwaukee. Um, and but but you know, there it's not to say that there's never going to be um, orchestras for pe other people of different ethnicities to participate. Um, uh, this past uh, December was like I'm going to say the I think it was the inaugural concert for the Black Diaspora Symphony Orchestra, which was for all people, and we we played a couple of pieces by you know um, we played Schubert's Unfinished Symphony, we played Adoration by Florence Price. Um, what else did we play? Uh, was that I'm like blanking on it, but I know it was by Grieg, but. <laughs> But but it was to honor the death of children who had been had passed away due to gun violence, just everywhere. Um, sadly, um, back in October, I, I my my uncle's grandson, he was he was about thirty, so he wasn't like a little kid though. But he had little kids. I, I didn't know this cousin super duper well because I have a large family. I don't like know everybody. Sadly, he was actually shot in Milwaukee, and he did he did not survive. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel bad I didn't get to know this cousin super well, but um, it just kind of makes me sad knowing that this does happen in my own family, you know? So... Um, Do you think there's enough programs, music programs for these kids? Because I think a lot of these kids love music. They just don't have the opportunities in school to learn about yeah. music. Yeah, I, 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 that's something that I am really worried about because um, I, I know that especially for black and brown children or just really a lot of children of, of color because we, a lot of times we're in neighborhoods that are school um, districts that they don't really fund, they have the funding to have like dedicated string teachers or band teachers or anything like that, you know? And a lot of these kids I know would benefit as an outlet, a positive outlet. And, Cause I know that that's how I, I've benefited. I mean, I know that I, I went to a good, you know, so I shouldn't say good, but like a school that's, you know, well, did you, it's, you know, school I went to um, like K through 12 was predominantly Euro European Americans, white people. So we had the funding, but then sometimes like I could kind of see like with my own parents that like, yeah, that's, that's like the orchestral music was like, was, like a career, like that wasn't something that they understood because that there was no like cultural connection, you know? And especially learning like a musical instrument, like the violin or the clarinet or anything like that, you know? People don't realize that in the black and brown community, they're savants. They're they're young people yes. who can just pick up an instrument with mm -hmm. amazing precision and just natural skill without even you know they'll they'll see something and they'll be able to copy it immediately without without question. Yep. But I don't I don't think they get enough exposure. There's so much talent out there in those communities that are not getting ex exposed to this type of music. I love classical music, but mm -hmm. my family doesn't like. I listen to everything. I'm, you know, rap, you yeah. know, country. Yeah, I, I'm here, very, very diverse when it comes to my music. Mm -hmm. But people don't understand the talent that's out there that's not being cultivated like it should. So yes, you're going to see a disproportionate amount of, 
you know, uh, Caucasians in symphonies than you are going to see African-Americans or Hispanics uh, doing the same thing. And I think mm -hmm. a change has to be made in that because I think music, people love music. It's an expression of how you feel. It's emotion. People put it on the page. Mm -hmm. They sing it on the microphone. I don't care if you're yeah. rapping or you're, you're singing jazz or the blues. It's an emotion that you can let out. It's therapy for people. You notice when people are get depressed, what do they do? First thing they do is they sit down, they click on their iPod or they click on the uh, YouTube music and just listen to music because it puts them in a space where they can think. It puts mm -hmm. them in a space mm -hmm. where they can feel, you know, feel safe. It's like a safe zone. Music is like a safe mm -hmm. zone for a lot of people because it knows yeah. it can't it can't hurt you. And there's so many different toss styles of music that it can fit anybody's personality at that point that they want to listen to. So for you. Is there anything moving forward that you're working on um, that you want to let people know about? Well, um, I got uh, three events coming up. Um, well, there one's in Madison and the other two are in Milwaukee. I have been a part of the Lullaby Project as a teaching artist, um, helping expecting mothers, uh, teen mothers as, as well, write lullabies to their children and are they're expecting children they're expecting as well that's beautiful yes um uh, we were I, I my songwriting partner his name is sam taylor we co-wrote wrote a song for a young lady and her for her, her young son son so that event it will be at the overture center um of april 30th at mm -hmm. uh, 9 30 a.m there's like an in-person and a live stream options available. Um, and May 20, uh, 20, I'm sorry, May 22nd at 4 PM is the annual black string triage um, open rehearsal um, It's an open rehearsal. It's like a concert, but it's not because we don't perform, at, but you know, we don't profit off of black death. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. So it's, it's like, like we, it's like a. So when we go out and perform, it's not really like a concert because, again, it's just like it's kind of like a. You're just trying to give back. You're trying to give back yes. in your own way. Yeah, yes. I understand. So, do you travel outside of Wisconsin, or is everything you do in Wisconsin? For the most part, it's in Wisconsin. I would like like to travel more, but um, uh, just kind of the pandemic has made it a little bit difficult. Also, I'm a, a substitute teacher, I'm like a I was a long term and a building substitute teacher, so. Um, I'm going to be in Wisconsin at least through the end of the, the that was in through the middle of June. So <laughs> kind of be so a little do, bit hard to, So do you oh, teach music in the school? I have subbed in uh, general music a couple okay. of times, um, se several times. And I I probably get the first pick because I have a degree in music. Um, oh, also, I wanted to mention that there is um, a Juneteenth concert coming up on Saturday, June 18th at 3 p.m., and that's with the Black Diaspora Symphony Orchestra. So, yeah, there's a there's a couple events coming up um, that hopefully any of the viewers who happen to be in the Wisconsin area, you know, would welcome to come. Love to see. <laughs> so, so, do you perform outside, or this is this is in buildings, gyms? Like, where where is the settings for oh. the concerts? Oh, so um, the the Black String Triage Ensemble and the Black Diaspora Symphony Orchestra they're going to be out outside, um, at the um, that the, the the Washington Park Band Shell. It's like a it was a it was a building according to David. He said that it was built for 
like the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra, but then some things happen and it got defunct. So it's like a largely open building. And sometimes they have, you know, other concerts, not necessarily, you know, like orchestral music for black people, just, you know, all members of the community can sign up. But um, yeah, it's just largely going to, yeah, it's just going to be held there. It's outside. There's seats, bleachers, probably have picnics. I don't know. <laughs> so how typically, but, how, how long does the concerts last? Um, so the open rehearsal, I believe, is like just like two hours maybe. And I think also with the um, Juneteenth concert, um, we're still kind of getting the, um, the the set list, you know, the program yeah. <laughs> nailed down. But, but, you know, it's at least Black String Triage Ensemble. That's all music by black and brown composers. And uh, I know that at least from this past June, we, we played music from all all types of composers. Um, so who 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 is your biggest uh, who's your biggest uh, African American uh, composer or black composer? Period. Who's who's your mm-hmm. biggest influence when it comes to to classical music? You know what? That's a very good question because growing up, I didn't really know too many black composers. I mean, the ones that I thought about as composers were usually more of the jazz, but, you know, I like John Coltrane. I really like Giant Steps because it's like a, a really, it's a song that, that uses a lot of chords, and I like a lot of different chords. And so that's kind of how I can just say it without going into too many details. But I, I do like John Coltrane. I'm not like a diehard fan like some other people, but I'd say Coltrane is the, the closest. So where can my guests find you? Where can they see some of your work? Have you posted anything online? Is there any uh, websites they can see you perform at? Well, I, I know that there might be some more links with the Black String Triage Ensemble. I, I can give you the website link, but there's also been some news um, media outlets that have posted it on their sites as well. And I, I know there's a blog, blog, a blog, blog. But the, the Black String Triage Ensemble's website is theblackstringtriageensemble.org. .org, okay. <laughs> so my guests can click on there and then uh, check her out um, and check out some of the, the uh, oh. rehearsals. And um, my, my personal website is amread8.com. That's my personal website. So you're not a big on social media. No, you're not, you know. Uh, oh, I, I would like to be bigger, but I use the username amread8 for all the major platforms like Facebook. Facebook's my, like my personal Facebook, but like YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Spotify as well. I do have a Spotify link. Oh, um, nice. If you would like, I could um, send you some more links if you want to add yeah, of course. more of Cause... your... Um, yeah, because I, I, I want people to know you. I want people to understand what you do. Because, like I said, I think there's a disparity between classical music and, and you know, a lot of people don't know a lot of composers. Like, you're the first composer that I've actually spoken to. I've talked to a lot of musicians. I've talked to a rapper. I've talked to, you know, a person that owns a production company in music. But I've never actually talked to somebody who writes their own music. I find it very, very interesting. It's, it's not easy to do. I mean, it might be easy for you because you've done it for so long. But for someone like me, if I'm looking at music notes, I'm like, it looks like gibberish to me because I don't understand it. Mm. it. I know once those things are stringed together, it makes a beautiful melody. It makes a beautiful sound. I just can't read what's on the page. And I don't think a lot of people can. So I think this is where I, I say, you know, we need to bridge the gap on, on music because somebody can sing it and somebody can play it, but they just can't read or write it. And I think that's, yeah. a, that's starting to become a lost art form 
of music is composing your own music, writing your own uh, your own melody. Yeah, it it it, it is, but um, I don't. I just hope that a lot of people, like you said, will just kind of like understand. Like it's just a, it's just it's all the same music, really. It's just a different way that we try to record it, and so we can have other people listen to it or perform it again. It's just it's all the same, you know. And I don't want to gatekeep anybody. Like I don't think, oh, if you listen to rap, you're just not getting it. Like no, that's not true. Right. It's like it's that's an art form. I'm like amazed and marvel at like some of these rappers like man that's really clever with like the wordplay and all and it's like wow i wish i could do that you know but i tell everybody rap and country is almost the same to me except one is slowed down the other one is is yeah, not it both it you know both are talking about you know cars and money and you know, you know <laughs> girls friends it's the same stuff it's just yep, one is slowed yep. down the other one is faster so yep, you know that's yep. why you have a lot more collaborations going on between rappers and between country singers because it, it just it's, it's the, the same. same it's the same it's just a different like, style of them doing it it's like jazz and classical music are a lot the same pretty much like the language a lot of the language that's used is largely the same well i don't know if it's just more like Eurocentric, but that's beside the point. It's all we're all we're all we're all connected. That's just the truth. So I re I really appreciate you coming on the show. This has been a very intriguing conversation. Um, you know, people need to understand that you know mental health is a serious thing, and and it, you know we need to find ways to help people who need help um, because it can be it can leave devastating results because you're not just leaving. You know, you're just not leaving your family. You're leaving anybody who's ever cared about you. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you you're doing what you love to do. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, we're gonna have you. We have to have you back later on in the year. You know, give me some updates on what's going on. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you folks later. Have a good day. Thanks.